0: Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. And the Music of America podcast continues. We're going to visit with a one-man band named Doug Cannon and the band Poltixima. Discover your celebrity at the newest, hottest, most interesting and fun live music show to hit the scene in probably 50 years called Flash Jam. Whether you perform live music or just enjoy watching live music, Flash Jam has something for everyone. Flash Jam. It's a dynamic way for musicians to come together, perform, and compete for recognition and rewards. Whether you're new to the stage or an experienced musician, Flash Jam provides an exciting platform to collaborate and showcase your talents. Musicians perform hit songs with other random musicians who share a passion for that same or those same songs. Existing bands are featured, performing iconic legendary rock songs to display new and emerging local talent. And the live music patrons participate by voting on your favorite musical combinations. It's a really cool new concept called Flash Jam, coming to a market near you. Welcome to the show, FlashJam.com.
1: Doug Cannon, what is Poltixima? What is Poltixima? Oh, well, that's a multi-layered question, I suppose, because it's a, I guess, a word that nobody's heard before. Um, but uh poltixima is my my one man band out of Wilmington, Delaware. We do, uh, well, I do, um, a lot of different styles of of, of music. Everything from uh, combinations of rock and folk uh, with a mixture of electronica elements, and then I also have been starting to dabble into some uh, instrumental EPs, kind of kind of like in the vein of a Brian Eno type of ambient ambient tracks so i kind of am just a, a mishmash of a bunch of things right now and yeah. uh kind of seeing where the dust settles It's funny
0: to so, say you know because uh when i was listening to drift off the second song we're going to hear today that's immediately who i thought of yeah and i don't know if that was what you were going for but that's what hit me i'm like wow i haven't heard this sound in a long time <laughs> it's kind of cool yeah yeah so, so uh, great what song. is your what is your primary instrument for you personally when you're sitting around doing whatever do you the the phrase that's been coming up a lot is noodling so what what instrument do you noodle around with the
1: most well i i would say that i'm a full-time noodler uh so <laughs> you know primarily i i am playing uh, acoustic guitar that's my that's my 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 home front so uh i do a lot of finger style that's my preferred way of playing uh just something about that picking up an acoustic guitar just being able to play right out the gate always something I really have enjoyed doing. So, uh, that's the thing that I go to first. And then, um, I really build out most of my tracks, not all, but, but most of them I build out from an acoustic basis and then, and then progress from that point. And then you
0: add, you add vocals, you add layers, you add synthesizer, you add, are there instruments that you have in some of your productions that you do not perform?
1: Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know it's a it's a great time to be a musician because you know you've got access to dozens and 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 or thousands of different sounds through through keyboard vsts midi uh so i i tend to mess around with a lot of different uh sounds from uh world m- music or toy instruments um i really really enjoy like the sounds of uh kalimba uh antique cymbals mm-hmm. uh things that you know traditionally um I would love to have access to in my studio, but, um, you know, having them at my fingertips able to just dr- grab them from logic or, you know, from some other place like Spitfire, uh, it's just something great to to have on hand.
0: And it's fun that it begins with acoustic and then evolves into some of these incredible sounds that come out of a one man show. So let's back up a little bit and why a one man show have you, performed with others have you been in the band scene for a while and decided this is just your own thing and you want
1: to just do this or
0: how did that evolve
1: yeah so uh i have actually just started getting my feet wet with collaborating and performing up until this point in my career uh, a lot of the music that i've performed has always just been something i've done in a in my own studio at home uh and, and distributed either online or uh back in the day in high school i was that guy that was always you know writing on cds and passing them out in high school things like that um and actually uh this year was my first uh in show or, or uh live show performance i'd, I'd no never kidding. yeah i'd never performed before um but uh i have a great story around this actually uh during the pandemic when we were all kind of hunkered away in in our homes um I up until that point I had been on a long hiatus uh, with music, about about eight years or so, uh, before I had done anything. And uh, when it came to you know baking banana bread, that can only last you about a week when you're in quarantine. So I was looking for other things to kind of get interested in, and I decided to just pick up music again. Um, and I found this amazing community. Of people online that were also quarantining themselves away and writing yeah. and uh from that point we just we forged a ton of bonds and friendships and ended up meeting in person and just jamming uh people from uk people from the opposite side of the us over on the west coast uh, just a bunch of musicians coming together and and just jamming for a week in an airbnb and from that point they finally uh, were able to push me to go up on stage and and play one of my songs. And uh, yeah, it, it was just uh, it was a heck of experience. Was
0: this one of those like one night open mic, one song and done, one and done things or what?
1: Yeah, it was one of those open mics. Uh, we were at a place up in Warrensburg, New York, a uh, really, really small town. We were at a uh, dive bar called The Grateful Den. And uh <laughs> I just uh went up there. This it was just a very small bar and uh everyone was performing one or two songs.
0: Yeah. Have you done more since or is this still what you just uh you stay with that that one performance and that's it, you've done your thing now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am I am working on doing some more performances here in Delaware. Uh right now I'm just uh kind of got the bug. So I'm kind of scouting for venues right mm-hmm. now, looking into uh places where my sound would be probably play the best um, and also stripping back to do some more acoustic style uh, simplistic uh, versions of my music up until the point where I can dabble a little bit more into, you know, uh, main stage and those different types of programs that a one man band would usually rely on to get the the fuller sound of the band out there in a live setting.
0: You, you wrote me something in an email and this image passed, uh, flashed up and it just came up again. So I'm going to share it with you. Have you seen the movie Fame?
1: Fame. Uh, I have not seen the movie. Okay,
0: so so it's (laughs) about the performing arts college or school, whatever, in in New York City. And this musician comes in and sets up synthesizers and does a full orchestra presentation of some classical piece. Mm. And that's that's one of the storylines through the whole thing. And that's what I was kind of thinking, because you you'd written to me something about uh, you included an instrumental piece. And when I listened to that, uh, that's the image I got. I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's doing it all. Just with some (laughs) keyboards and stuff.
1: Wow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Lots of, uh, I call it like layering bricks when I'm usually (laughs) recording. Just putting things on top, seeing where I can put another harmony on top of another harmony and really build out this big sound.
0: I enjoy talking to songwriters, uh, performers, but I really enjoy the songwriters because... Everybody has a different process, it seems. I, last gentleman I interviewed about this, we talked about, we said, uh, you can probably line up 100 songwriters, and 65 of them would have a different process. And the mm. other 35, and I think it was 75%, 75% of them would have an entirely different process of how they do things than everybody else. And the other 25% would have like an amalgamation of maybe what this guy over here does, and this guy over here, and this lady over here, and this lady over here, lady over here does. So what is your process? How do
1: you how do you come about writing? I I start always from a place of a stream of consciousness when I start uh writing out a new song. Uh and it it always starts with the noodling, right? Uh so I'll be, you know, sitting around with my guitar sometimes something will come to me in a few minutes and then other times it'll I'll be sitting there just noodling away for an hour going through my old catalog of of music kind of getting used to, you know, picking up the instrument, playing again, getting, uh, getting, you know, greased up. And then, um, you know, when I get to the actual forming of the song, it's, it's, it's generally starting with noodling. And then I start to kind of uh, tease in a little bit of lyrics there. It usually starts from gobbledygook. So I'll, I'll take uh, my iPhone. I'll write down on my, uh, uh I'll just write down gibberish over uh-huh. top of the song that I think kind of works as a, a as a melody to, to, uh, on top of the guitar. Um, and then from that, generally I, I, I start to see like certain phonetics that I anchor to as I'm singing the song that just sound right. And I try to approximate words that would fit into that, <laughs> into that like, like uh, sort a, like of a ryth-
0: Like a rhythm pattern, a rhythmic yeah. pattern like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the story I use all is all the time is uh, scrambled eggs. Yeah. With uh, Paul McCartney, you know, he was going to write, yesterday but he didn't have words for it this beautiful melody and then john said i just sing something like you know some scrambled eggs i think she's got such pretty legs you know and that was like the original so that's why we have uh we don't have scrambled eggs now that's why we have yesterday but it began with and that that's it's interesting that you do that too that you just you get this melody but you don't have the words for it yet but it fits and it's got that symmetry that goes with the whatever you just figured out on the guitar I don't know, music finds itself doesn't it
1: it does it, it it has an interesting way of just kind of creeping into your psyche over time as I, I guess you're getting further submerged into the piece that you're writing um and and sometimes it doesn't come until you start adding those other elements you add in your your drums you add in your you know your keyboard portions um, and you and you find ways to say, okay, well, maybe not here anymore. That there'll be a lyrical, uh, you know, sort of accompaniment, but maybe we can add it in in this place, in this place, and 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 the song starts to just take shape. It's like it's like molding clay, right? Yeah. Um And and over time, you're just layering it brick by brick, um, and that's generally how I go with most of my stuff because uh, I am not a classically trained musician um a lot of what i do um i i i took electric guitar lessons when i was uh in high school didn't really enjoy it Uh, i'm just not a very good structured learner so um i'm most excited when i'm just out there in you know 30 feet deep water trying to figure out what i'm doing so that i can get back to somewhere where i can get some footing and uh, that's generally how I how I work is just kind of entrenching myself in something and, and digging my way out.
0: <laughs> when you're in that scary place, is is it stifling or is it stimulating for your creativity?
1: For me, I've I've always been somebody that's enjoyed throwing myself into situations and figuring it out later. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's always just been something that. Uh, I guess makes me feel alive in a certain way. Right. Um, right. So I've, I'm always the person that's saying, let's go, let's try this. Let's, let's see what happens. I'll I'll throw on like a saxophone line and let's let's see what happens. There's there's no there's no worries, it's just me. You know, right now this is a great opportunity in a home studio for yourself to be vulnerable. Try different things, um, even if they seem like um uh, Maybe amateurish decisions, uh, but there is sometimes that you'll just stumble into something that just mm. works, and and it's usually the happy accidents in my music that I think are the things that I'm most proud of with it. The things okay. that the things that make me feel the most like this is my sound. My sound is this combination of maybe things that would not traditionally work together or, or they they sort of come together by a happenstance rather than intent. And it's um, it's exciting because it's just full exploration. Interesting because it happens
0: together, but then you polish it so that you make it come together.
1: Right. It's like, you're looking at a blurry picture and it starts to come into focus as you go on.
0: I was thinking of those things that you stare at, you know, with the lights or whatever you stare at long enough, you suddenly see the 3d image of like a ship or a skull or whatever, you know? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, (laughs) this first song is your latest song, right? Cold heart. This is a song I'm releasing on August 28th. Uh, so this will be out next week. Um, I think when this, when this airs and, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, pretty excited about this one this is uh the first track that i've done um that's going to be part of an lp that i'm attempting to do which is going to be my first feature length album and how many songs on the lp uh undecided at this point but uh right now i think i've got about uh 14 uh drafts of things that i'm trying to polish out we'll see we'll see what (laughs) what gets there
0: (laughs) i mean it's it's just so bizarre by comparison seems like when people are coming out with their first pieces of work at five to seven song EPs, right? Yeah. You're putting yeah. a full length album, man. That's, that's noble. That's bold. Bold is the word Yeah, Bold. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're trying to get there. I, I, I don't know why I keep saying we, uh, I, I am trying to get there. I've definitely got some people uh, in my corner that have been helping me out and pushing me forward. So that's probably why I'm, I'm working with we there, there's, but there's uh, always a we
0: in a solo act, man. You can't tell me otherwise. There's always, yeah. a,
1: there's always an us
0: there's always someone that we don't know about that you may not even know about that's pushing you you know yeah tell me about the song cold heart what is it where'd it come from what's it all about
1: yeah so uh cold heart uh is the new single releasing august 28th um I conceived this during the beginning of my steps actually into therapy uh so lyrically this one is kind of approached differently than the other batch of songs uh it feels a little bit like a breakthrough because now I'm starting to get a lot more uh intimate and personal with my lyrics so this uh was a track that was about um a former relationship that I was oh, in and uh just uh having a uh a bit of a uh, uh a broken heart while still uh clinging on to that person even after the after the hurt settles in uh, and um, yeah, that's that's basically it. I want to hear it again now.
0: <laughs> now you know. Now that I know what it's about, I want to hear it again. So we're going to play it here. And this is a song called "Cold Heart" with the band Poltixima. from wilmington delaware a song called cold hearts the music of america podcast doug cannon with us we're going to talk some more about some more of his music after i talk about be productions they've been producing and recording music videos for over 20 years after years as a performer the owner van verhoeven decided to get back to that which he loved the most which is production under the tutelage of jordan valeria he opened up his own place in Milliken, colorado high-end instruments high-end tools all on hand to make your sound compete with your favorite records. He has one goal in mind for you to look and sound as pro as possible. So go make some records and some videos. Be Normous Productions. They're on Facebook, or you can find them at B enormous Have you done video? Doug? Have I done video? Yeah.
1: I I used to short uh, shoot uh short movies, if that's oh, really what you mean by video, yeah. Um my uh, my major in college was film theory and criticism. So I've done a couple of short films uh, back in the day. Um, but also I'll say this much uh, film is expensive and uh, music that happens to be kind of a halfway point for me. So uh-huh. um, I kind of switched back and plan to get back to it at some point, but it's been a while.
0: We, we touched on this. We never really addressed it. So I want to get back to this real quick, but what is, the name Paul
1: what is that how is it from what is that derived I guess is my question sure uh politics when I, when I was trying to come up with the band name uh as I was in the in the pandemic uh one thing that always kept uh creeping back up was just the, the sort of uh, sort of this nostalgic memory of me coming home from high school you know closing my door getting inside uh uh, getting in my room and just and just uh sitting down in front of an old old copy of adobe audition that i that i stole back in the day because i had no money and i was a kid and uh i was making uh just music as soon as i i i got home um and i've always just been somebody that's been accustomed to uh Getting in my own head, creating things, writing things out, uh, doing different types of writing prompts. Uh, and I thought of Poltixima, which was an old story that I wrote uh back in the day. Really? And yeah, it was a it was an old um, like I guess fictional mythology. Well, I guess all oh, mythology is fictional, but uh it was it was well, mythology. I don't know. That...
0: I actually believe Thor actually exists, so that's another story. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i don't know that would be uh pretty great if he did so I, I i like that idea um but yeah i i was writing mythology and and there was this concept about uh Pultixima, which was in in essence just this this concept of something that could uh prove as evidence that people like thor existed it was it was something godlike created um but uh, up until that point, there was no evidence that the gods existed. So it was the structure that was created to be that proof. Um, and I, I, I always just loved the sound of it phonetically. It just has good mouthfeel, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, so I just decided to bring that forward just as a, a bit of the nostalgia, something something personal to me that kind of reminds me about uh, where my musical journey started and 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 where it's been going.
0: Now, when you're not doing music and you're not doing poltixmo, what do you
1: do? Uh, well, primarily, uh, I spend a lot of time uh, with my fiance. I'm a, I'm a, I love cooking. That's a, that's a passion of mine. So, uh-huh. uh, I'm always uh, trying different things, picking up cookbooks and thrift stores, and trying to find these uh, kind of interesting recipes that I've never tried before. Um, you know, I, I find music and cooking to be very similar sorts of arts. Yeah. um, where you just sort of, you know, throwing things in, in a pot and, and, and seeing what comes out and, and what kind of flavor you get. And, um, so that's one of the things that I love doing. I'm also a massive gamer. I, I have a problem. So, uh, lately, not so much when you, when you get a house and all these other things going on and you have other hobbies that you're interested in, it's nice. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge gamer, uh, uh, big big cook and uh just love spending the rest of time time with my fiance and my dog oh that's cool
0: what's the dog's name kumo kumo
1: kumo yeah yeah he's a little bijon frise and he's uh all puffy and white so kumo is uh it means cloud in japanese so we we had to call him kumo
0: <laughs> so you don't have a job outside of this
1: no i do uh well outside of that i'm a uh, I'm a financial crimes investigator uh, trainer, so I I teach people in financial institutions how to detect money laundering and terrorist financing.
0: No kidding. How interesting. Well, that's another show for another day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, ironically, ironically, uh, we're taking a trip to Maine. I'm in Burlington right now. We're taking a trip to Maine this weekend, so I'm getting caught up on the laundry, and yeah. uh, I, I found like $150 in the, the dryer when I got done with the cycle. And so I said, <laughs> well, this isn't line, but I'm learning really well how to launder money.
1: <laughs> We're always what, using pictures of uh, laundry machines at work and stuff like that. So that joke is that joke is very well known in these parts. I'm sure.
0: I'm sure. So it's <laughs> kind of fascinating. And and this is a I would imagine it's a, it's a I would imagine it's extremely stressful.
1: It can be. Yeah. Uh, um, I've been on both sides of it, uh, both investigating and talking with law enforcement and then also uh, doing now the the back end of it, training people on how to detect it. I would imagine for
0: me, music is such a great stress release. This has got to be helpful. Like those two kind of go hand in hand. If you're in a high stress situation and you've got a release, somehow you find that release. If the music is it, then that's got to speak volumes about how good your music is. Because your music is really interesting; it's really good.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, uh, it, it's nice to have a little water and oil, I think, in your life, and and have that balance, of that that nice split between the two. And uh, for me, that is definitely my career on one side of the the spectrum, and then on the other side is just wanting to cut loose and just and just see what happens.
0: Now you brought up Brian Eno earlier, and this next song we're going to play—that's immediate, uh, immediately who I thought of. What other influences? of that genre do you bring to the table when you're putting music together like who are some other influences that help you put
1: music together uh we're talking about drift off here right yeah okay um uh, influence wise I one of the big things for me when uh writing uh any any track that involves like a a rock I'm uh, sorry wait a
0: minute yes we're talking about drift off but I'm, my Eno influence I think was about ease so. yes 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 <laughs> so that's why like the way with drift off was more it's got more of a, a hip-hop like
1: it a, a little bit a little bit of hip-hop in there um one of one of the things that and that's interesting because that carries over even to some later tracks that uh we we formed a whole new band off of this single um i brought in some buddies from uh uh from the community that i uh got in touch with during the quarantine Mm -hmm. and uh now we have a three-piece band between myself uh another guitarist and and then our drummer um but this this piece was really meant to be old classic rock cutting loose having a good time and just making something silly so when when we started this track we were just thinking of the weirdest concept we could think of. And and we came up with this idea of a, a government experiment where somebody is shot into space for deep space reconnaissance, but they're also given just uh like back in the, you know, um, 70s and 60s, I suppose, like like how acid was a thing that they were testing all the time. So we decided, what if we had just had somebody who was given everything that they could possibly want as far as like psychotropic drugs and all this kind of stuff, and they were shot into deep space, and we couldn't think of anything more fun and weird to do. So we just ran with that concept. And then we said, well, what if we did a whole Bunch of albums around this deep space exploration with That's all hilarious. of these different types of things. So we started a offshoot band uh, called the Drift Knots, and that was just all based off of this one song, and we're just building out these crazy way, way harder rock songs, but also kind of maintaining the influences of people like Jello Biafra and dead Kennedys. Um, and then, um, maybe even a little bit of the big boys who did a lot of touring back in the day with the red hot chili peppers prior to, you know, red hot chili peppers really becoming big. Um, but kind of capturing that essence of just that, that, uh, underground punk scene or you know just that garage band influence of just having a a blast you know kicking around with your friends and having a good time
0: speaking of that like a genre that era coming up in a few months on this podcast are you you familiar with a band called the glass prism i am not they're the first punk rock band from the united states really first punk rock band that got notoriety, won awards, or something like that. You'll find out more when you listen to that
1: broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely interested in that but one. Yeah,
0: they, they, uh, I, to, to be a part of the show, for people that don't know, I've got a website. For those of you who don't know, to be a part of the show, the Music of America podcast has a website that you go to, you fill out this form, it says contact us, and it gives us your name, address, phone number, email, stuff like that, so we can begin dialogue to get you on the show the glass prism sent me maybe a five page press release. <laughs> like, whoa. Wow. And these guys are so legit and it's so cool. I can't wait to get them on. But when you were talking about, about that whole era, because it's not an era of music I ever, I, I just never got into it, you know? Yeah. And so I should have, had I been in that, that genre, I would have known exactly who these guys are.
1: That's why I was wondering if maybe you'd heard of them before. Well, now I feel a little bit of shame after you telling me that. I, I, I'm i surprised I don't know who they are. But uh, yeah, when I was in high school, uh, I had a massive shift in just uh, what I was listening to. Because when I was a kid, you know, mainly it was like kind of what I would hear, hear from my parents and then a little bit creeped in as I was in middle school with Red Hot Chili Peppers, Incubus, mm-hmm. uh, A Perfect Circle. Those were some some big influences for me back in the day. But when I got into high school, I, I met some you know just the grungy punk kind of guys and they introduced me to all of these you know local record shops south philly punk sounds Uh or just in general so i was listening to a, a ton of different stuff from dead kennedy's annihilation time just all of these weird you know uh very very localized acts in in the punk scene um and that largely influenced me going forward is just uh, being obsessed with the sounds of the the less uh, commercially successful acts and more the local scenes and just people getting into a basement and just, you know, crowd surfing and yeah. having a good time.
0: I never realized until prior to this conversation that we had right before we went on the air, how close Wilmington is to Philadelphia and yes. Philadelphia is such a powerhouse for music and you think of all the great uh r&b soul that came out of philly the rock and roll that came out of philly does that well i know it influences wilmington does that overshadow wilmington's own musical identity or is wilmington kind of the stepsister of philly rock philly music or how would you how would you classify that
1: we uh we Delawareans uh like to borrow from uh the influences around us a lot. Delaware is sort of a a nexus point for, you know, you can get to New York City in about two hours. You can get to Philly in twenty minutes. You can get to Baltimore in an hour. You yeah. know, we're we're kind of this this uh throughway. And uh, a lot of times, you know, uh, Delawareans will reach out to the Philly music scene and say, hey, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking for band members or uh, trying to pull some of those influences and doing a lot of shows up in the Philadelphia area. But Delaware in general is a lot more folk centric, I would say, than than the Philly area. Um, it it starts to get a little bit more uh, influenced by uh, Southern people. Um, kind of music really Uh, okay yeah because like when you get when you get uh into the wilmington area that's really like that northern part very very uh like liberal and as you go further down into the south you start to get that more conservative approach you get uh, a lot more folk acts um and and just a lot more of that country sound so there's this uh weird sort of dichotomy where the state of delaware is just split down the center uh with the the top portion being more kind of pulling from the Philly area and you'll yep. hear a lot of those rock sounds, you know, coming from that, that area. And then as you go further and further South, you'll see a lot more folk acts um, down in the Delaware beaches and places like that. What do they call that? What do they call that Southern part of Delaware? I forgot. Uh, so we call Southern Delaware a Dover. Yeah. That's the, that's the, like the Dover area, but uh, you know, the, the joke name is slower, lower Delaware, which slower I don't lower. think is. Yeah.
0: It's slower, lower.
1: Yeah. But I don't think of it as an insult. I think of it just as, you know, uh, it's it's a different kind of vibe. It's just
0: a more laid back vibe,
1: man. So. It is. It is. That's right. So,
0: uh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to uh, drift off there. <laughs> See what I did?
1: <laughs> yeah, you got some good segues. I got to admit.
0: Yeah, well, I try. I, I'm, I'm a punster, you know, and I always yeah. look for the pun. So we got a little off track there. We're with Doug Cannon from a one man band called Pultixma. And we kind of drifted off about a song we were talking called Drift Off. So, we're going to drift back in and we're going to hear that song now. So, this is Pultixima with Doug Cannon, and the song is called Drift Off. Sixmo with Doug Cannon from Wilmington, Delaware. I'm your host, Tom Pollard of the Music of America podcast. We're going to talk about an instrumental with Doug in just a moment, but this is something that was founded back in 1999 called Jazz Generation. Out of New York City, they have three complementary programs that promote both live jazz as an art form and the performing arts as a cultural asset to New York. Those assets are called JDP, which is the Jazz Standard Discovery Program, the Jazz Standard Youth Orchestra, JSYO, and since 2014, Keyed Up, KU. It's an anti-poverty program offering services that support professional jazz artists in their performing careers while revitalizing local businesses. All programs are intended to develop a new generation of public audiences and performers. The one I like to talk about the most, though, is Keyed Up. It's their most recent program, began in 2014, It started by rescuing pianos that were destined for the dumpster. And then they position these into smaller local venues that are more known for hospitalities, you know, like a bookstore or a coffee house, something like that. They ask the venue then to chip in what they can. Jazz generation kicks in the difference. So it helps promote jazz, helps promote jazz in areas that might not get it otherwise. And it helps support the jazz musicians in the New York City area. So it's called jazz generation. Check them out, and please give freely. But Doug Cannon
1: and Poltixima, Doug, do you dabble in jazz? I uh, do not dabble in jazz. I I played saxophone for a brief while back in the day, but uh, I wouldn't necessarily say I got to a point where I was uh, a jazz musician. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's one of those things that there's no way if I ever tried to play jazz, I could. But I love jazz. I'll sit and listen to it for... I'll listen to it for hours live, but I yes. have a real hard time listening to it with my headphones on, you know, just yeah. to relax to kick back and listen to some jazz. It just yeah. it Yeah because it's so personal to me. You
1: know? Jazz jazz is a is a physical performance too. It 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 really is. And yes. and seeing the energy and seeing the uh how they kind of adapt to each other's play styles, I think is something that you need to see to really understand how impressive jazz is mm-hmm. um, and and just how close-knit those bands are when they're when they're playing together. it's 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 something to see for sure.
0: And the reason I kind of want to bring that up is because something happens in jazz that happens with instrumentalists, people that play music, uh, Tim Hillwood, a friend of mine from Eureka Springs, Arkansas, incredible guitar player there's no lyrics to his songs yeah. a woman i met in alaska a jazz performer writes all instrumentals all right they're telling a story with music that i'm I, i'm not a lyricist anyway yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> believe me if you saw some of the songs i've written you'd say you're right tom you're not a lyricist <laughs> <laughs> but you write songs with music that emote and and create feeling and and i'm envious so envious of people that could do that and you've done that with the next song we're gonna hear called ease and we made a reference earlier i, I was off i was off my cue cards i was looking at the wrong song but ease really reminds me of brian eno and yes. you said yes so yes. let's talk about that connection and the influence Eno may have had in that instrumental and how you use instrumental music to convey a message or project whatever it is you're projecting with that song.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, uh my dad was a was a big fan of ambient music when I was growing up and uh he would always be playing it when he was sleeping or just uh, you know just have it on around the house. So I I at an early age got really into the beautiful simplicity of the ambient approach and uh I wanted to give that a shot. Um, and as I got further and further into developing into the ambient, into the ambient scene, I realized how simple yet difficult that type of music can, or challenging, I should say, not, not necessarily difficult, but challenging that music can be, um, Brian Eno, of course, uh, his ambient collection was something that, uh, was front and center for me when I was building out, uh, that, that that ep which is all instrumental mm-hmm. um and uh another massive influence at least for the piano portion was uh some of the soundtracks that were done by trent reznor and atticus ross uh things like gone girl um and uh social network yeah. uh those types of those types of albums really really struck a chord with me with you know my my prior film experience so uh when i was building out uh Uh, Ease And and that album in general, I was trying to find how could I tell a story without lyrics. And one of the ideas I came up with was uh, combining it with field recordings, combining it to give it the sense that, okay, what if I was watching a movie, but I didn't have a screen? You know what? What would the soundtrack just sound like? How how could I get myself further into that? So I tried to use uh, a collection of different field recordings that I either recorded myself or found online uh, to to tell this movement of this piece of this person from kind of leaving a stressful situation. Maybe it was working in financial the financial industry, you know, yeah. or you know, and and dealing with terrorist financing and and money laundering and all that kind of stuff. But uh, driving somewhere that brought them um that that release that sense of that sense of happiness and peace uh so at first it started with always Brian Eno is the center this is this is the thing that i want this this whole entire album to to be centered around because it's just such a great influence and he is such an incredible musician yeah um and and just adding in just little little bits of other influences here and there it was a challenge i set out for myself you know we were talking earlier about you know kind of throwing yourself in the deep water and seeing what happens i'd never written instrumentals um and i i really liked the challenge of trying to do that and approach music in a different way where you really have to rely on this combination of what you want to choose in your song like and it 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 gave a little bit more um attention to detail of what instruments I was picking to represent different pieces. Because, you know, if you're trying to convey an emotion in an orchestral piece, and you're trying to uh, relay the idea of rain, well, there's certain instruments that just aren't going to cut it. And there's other ones that are going to be great for relaying that that type of organic, textural feeling in somebody's head. So it was it was a lot more involved i think than than the pieces i had worked on prior and 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 just uh lyrically because you don't have that you don't have that thing to fall back on that that is telling somebody directly hey this is what this is about you have to think of it from a way that i think makes the music more subjective It, it, it makes it something that the listener then has to derive in their own head and and find what it means to them um it's, it's very, um, it was a great challenge. And I think it actually, I would urge any musician that has not written instrumentals to to do it uh, because it does, I think, improve your songwriting overall.
0: When I get together with my mates and we jam, we jam on the blues. And yeah. we, we use the word feel or feeling, but you just yes. used a word that describes, I think, every single instrumental piece, and that's textural. it's yes. a texture that you can have feeling, you can have this, but there's a texture that has to go there. And I'm thinking, and this this might be a reach, but as a film guy, maybe you'll get it. Daniel Day-Lewis and the Last of the Mohicans. Hmm. All right, have you seen the movie? I have. At Toward the end when he's having the battle to retrieve his love, okay? Imagine that scene without a soundtrack. Yeah. It doesn't have the texture that you're talking about. And the music has a texture that enhances that scene that's such a good word for what instrumental music does
1: yeah it's it's how it feels and it's how it visually represents i mean there's even color that you could you know paint across an instrumental but uh i remember in taking my my film classes one of the things that they always said was you could have the picture go out in a movie theater and everyone would be sort of like okay well it'll probably come back on in a few minutes but if you have the sound cut out people will go crazy and i always think about that because that that is that has happened to me before where okay the picture's cut out and everyone was just a little confused but when you cut the music um it 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 is just such a disconnect from from what you're seeing and you need that 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 emotional upheaval that's that's caused from a really good score uh, to really pull those emotions up to the surface and have something that you know is tangible and and is something that can be accessed by an audience um so yeah uh soundtracks uh instrumentals it just uh it really again going back to that subject subjective piece it it makes your emotions accessible but it also gives you a little bit of uh your own ability to paint a picture in your own mind of what you're hearing. And I I, I think there is a, uh, a beautiful thing that happens because there is no language gap. There is no, you, know, you, you don't have to worry about your song being in English and then how it's going to register to somebody in Japan. You, you have this piece that is universal. It is ubiquitous. It is understood by all. And it's, it's, it's such a incredible exercise to figure out a sound that is not just specific to you or specific to a region or specific to an experience, but something that's speaking more in general to just a global kind of appeal that's brilliant
0: that really is that that ought to be taught in music school <laughs> <laughs> No, it really is that's a it's a really great way of putting it. i am I'm speechless and that never happens with me. <laughs> well,
1: I'm I'm happy to do that for you. Yeah, way to go. Thanks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> kind of shoots the whole purpose of a talk show right yeah, out the window. <laughs> yeah, not a good thing to do. <laughs> that was really that was really great insight, Doug. Thank you. That was really cool. Thanks. Absolutely. So let's hear this. Let's hear this because uh that's what we're just talking about. We're gonna hear an instrumental piece that uh Poltixma is going to perform now. And the song is called Ease. Ease Poltixima Doug Cannon, Wilmington, Delaware. What a what a great piece of music, man! Thank you, thank you for that, and thank you for this. This is the segment of the show, Doug, that we call shameless self promotion. So we know you've got a song that's released on the 28th of this month. Tell us what else is coming on. Where uh, where can we see you or hear you or pick up your music or contribute to your cause or
1: help support you? Buy your merch if you have any. Let's hear it all. Absolutely. So, if you're interested in buying any merch that I have, it's all through Bandcamp. Um, I have uh, actually CDs of Diegetics. I do. Uh, I do personalized notes to every single one I send out, um, and that's just my way of showing appreciation. Um, and you know, appreciation is a big thing for the indie community, and um, it's one of the things that. Um, I'm just glad that you know places like this, podcasts like this are are highlighting some of these local acts because uh, we really thrive off of that that individual sort of listenership. Um, but yeah, Bandcamp is my main area if you're interested in purchasing any merch. Um, otherwise, you can look at my Instagram. That also has a, a shop of different t-shirts and things that you could uh, you could take a look at. But my music's available on streaming services. I think it's I think it's mostly available on on all of them. Um, whatever district kid does, you know, uh, but, uh, it's available there. You can, you can check it out on YouTube. If you're, if you're one of those people that doesn't really like streaming services and, uh, you want to, you want to hear in on something. Um, but, uh, the last, uh, self-promotion thing is more just a overall promotion kind of in flavor with this podcast and just saying, Hey, you have local friends, you have people that are, you know, interested in making music and they're putting out CDs, go out and support them. Um, they absolutely thrive off of, again, that individual listenership. They need that, uh, in order to, you know, gain the traction that they're looking for. So share their links, uh, make sure that, uh, you're, you're present and, and, and listening to their, to their music. And, um, of course, if it just happens to be mine as well, I'm very, very grateful for it. And, uh, just thank you so much for the time. And it's Poltixima. That's, I think it's
0: pilot umbrella, Lima, tango, India, x-ray, India. I don't remember M and Alpha. So M would be maybe.
1: Yeah, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) And maybe maybe you'll check it out. So I appreciate it if you do. (laughs) Great. Doug
0: Cannon. Thank you so much. Doug Cannon, our guest today from Wilmington, Delaware. Up next, we're going to travel to Lewis, Delaware, and we're going to hear singer, songwriter, and the owner of the Listening Booth, Marissa Levy, with us tomorrow on the Music of America podcast.